Welcome to an inspirational teaching by our guest speaker of Adonai Church, Bangalore. We hope you enjoy this teaching. I'll tell you a story about, uh, about uh, two young children whom I met some, uh, some many years ago. But since then, I have met many people who have virtually the same problem. But this two young children... Uh, it's a good example because it gives us some indication about, uh, about what I'm going to speak about. It's uh, leadership in the time of change. When people go through big-time changes in life, not small-time, but big-time, there are spiritual forces that come into being, come, come into play. And, uh, and there is a lot of spiritual activity during this time, and people get affected very adversely. So, what happened was these two brother and sister, the, the girl was 13 years old, roughly, and the boy was 11, roughly. So, I met them in passing. I had to do some work in some area, and these two children were there, and I began to talk to them, and to my amazement, this is the story I've heard. So, the story was that their father, I mean, their mother had died some years ago, and their father remarried. And Within a short time of the remarriage, he died. The father died. So what took place with these two children? They had neither mother nor father. You understand? And of course, in this great time of pain and uncertainty, and they are now living with relatives who hardly cared for them. I mean, what a loss. And so here, these two helpless children, what happened to them? So when I saw that situation, I, I sat down with them and I began to tell them about God's love. And eventually, I gave them the gospel at these two young children. And this was their response. The girl looked at me and shook her head. No, I'm on the other side. The boy said, Uncle, pray for me. So I led him to the Lord. He got such peace. He knew it. I turned to the girl. I said, see, your brother has got such peace. Can I pray for you? No. The other side. She had given her heart to Satan. Man, sad. I didn't have time to, per, to, to pursue the matter. But when there is change, big change, and it happens, you know, in people's lives, parents die, parents divorce, something else happens, something here, something there. You come across this thing very often. And subsequent to that time, I mean, there were plenty of other occasions, and I did the same thing. I showed them God's love. And, uh, but you can see the spiritual activity around these two children. God is extending his love to the children. The devil wants to kill and destroy. So two, two forces are coming simultaneously. And we can be agents of God's love. When you see change taking place, big time change, you can enter into that place and bring the message of God's love. Right? Don't hesitate to do that. That's God's call for your life at that moment. That's God's call. And God will give you the grace to speak. You know, all you have to do is to tell, tell them God loves you and He cares for you. Anyway, so subsequent to that, I have seen many times. But say, suppose you multiply this change by one million times. Or multiply it by a hundred million times. A hundred million times. 
or multiply it by a thousand million times, you come to a change of epic proportions, big proportions. And that's what's happening in India right now. There is a big change in India. And face it, face it. You know how many churches prayed for the elections besides this church? Virtually every church in the nation prayed for the elections, every church. Some churches fasted. I just came from Nagpur last night. I met some of the leaders, not only in Nagpur, but from different parts of India. Some from the CSI church. And you know what they are saying? We fasted and prayed for this election. And the result is so astounding. Totally opposite to what we expected. What happened to our prayers? And, and I want to assure you, God has heard them. I want to absolutely assure you. But God wants to open our eyes that this nation has changed. This nation has changed. You know, I, I, I'm a, I studied in engineering college. All my classmates, virtually every one of them are Brahmins. During my years, Brahmins joined engineering. Brahmins became doctors, Hindu Brahmins. I was a, one of the few Christians who were there. They were all my friends, very close friends of mine. We lived together for four years. Actually lived in a hostel for four years. I know them in and out. And even after so many years, I keep corresponding with them. And they have changed. Virtually every one of them, virtually all of them, have turned to be hardcore RSS. Hardcore. You know what they say? This is not secular India. This is secular India. It's over. Secularism, there's a big change taking place in this nation. So, Christian leadership in the time of change. This is the topic. During a time of change, God wants to show his love and care. And the devil wants to come to kill and destroy. Therefore, invariably, this time is accompanied by spiritual activity. Great spiritual activity. All right? Great spiritual activity. There are three basic things to note in a time of change. First, the characteristics of change. Second, the constants during change. And the third, the challenges during change. All right? The characteristics of change. I'm going to bring from the Bible three biblical events where there was great change. And there is something common in these three events. The people of God were oppressed in all these three events. The people of God were all in all these three events were living under foreign rule in all these three events. But they are big events and they're biblical events. So we can learn from the biblical events how the people of God was responding to these events and how God was reaching out to them during this time of change. So the first event is the Exodus around 1500 BC. The second event is when the people, the Jewish people were exiled because they disobeyed God. They were staying in Israel. They were exiled. And the whole lot, of, I mean, with only a handful, just a few were left in Israel, and the remaining were taken to Babylon. And they were in captivity for 70 years. And God foresaw that. God warned them, listen, you, you don't follow me. I'll take you away from this, from this nation. I'll exile you. And they were exiled. But they repented over there, and then God brought them back. The whole nation. Can you imagine what change was taking place? Huge change. Third event, of course, the time of Jesus. Well, this Roman Empire was a superpower. Absolute superpower. 
And the Jews were under Roman rule. And Jesus comes in that time. And uh, he comes and he starts the church. A new people of God. A church. And during that time, there was big change. Big change. Tremendous. When God himself came, world cannot be the same. Cannot be the same. It changes. Changes everywhere. And uh, how was that situation? We will examine those three. Okay? So three, three big changes. So let us look at the characteristics of the change. The characteristics of that, the three characteristics. First, it is a time of great spiritual activity in the heavenlies, and God raises leaders of faith. So whenever there is big change, there is spiritual activity in the heavenlies. All right? If you can consider these two small children, and there was spiritual activity there, can you imagine? You multiply it by over 1,000 million people. And you can imagine the spiritual activity in the heavenlies over India. So open your eyes, man. Open your eyes. Don't think life is going to be the same. You understand that? It's not going to be the same. There is a spiritual activity in the heavenlies. But at the same time, God raises up leaders. He doesn't leave his people just like that at the mercy of the evil one. What does he do? He raises up leaders and great leaders of faith. All right? Yes. So don't fear, but you and I must rise up. Maybe we are not the greatest leaders in the faith, but each one can be a leader of faith in your own circle. You understand that? Each one of us can be a leader of faith in your own circle. Man or woman, doesn't matter. Right? Leaders of faith. So that's the first characteristic. There is great time of great spiritual activity, and God raises leaders of faith. So let us examine this particular point in Exodus event. Whom did God raise up during the time of Exodus? Moses. Oh, big change. Moses. He raised up Moses. And who was in opposition? Pharaoh. Moses was an agent of God. Pharaoh was an agent of the evil one. And you can imagine the tussle between the two. By the way, Pharaoh, the Egypt at that time, was a superpower of that era. Egypt was the greatest, greatest kingdom of that era. And Pharaoh was the king of that era. And who was this small guy, Moses, who was a leader of the oppressed people, right? But God was with the Jews, right? And now this tussle is going between Moses and Pharaoh. And Moses tells Pharaoh in Exodus chapter 5, God says, let my people go. You know what Pharaoh replies? Who is the Lord that I should let your pe this people go? Who is the Lord? I don't know the Lord. Exodus chapter 5 verses 1 and 2. Who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord and I will not let Israel go. Big guy, huh? Mind you. Can you imagine you're facing this superpower king and he's telling you that? Can you see what's happening? And this particular sentence is indicative of the spiritual war everywhere else. The devil says, I will not let go of this. And we are coming in and says, you let him go in Jesus' name. Except you must have spiritual power. All right? You know what's that? So you see that tussle. I know you guys are doing deliverances and all, but God is going to upgrade you. Be ready for a time of what? Upgrade. Upgrade. Okay? Upgrade. So, second, the return from Babylon. We see Daniel battling in prayer. And there is a war in the heavenlies. In Daniel chapter 9 and 10, there was Michael released, Michael the archangel released from heaven when Daniel started praying. But who was opposing him? The prince of Persia, who was an 
evil spirit over Persia. He was opposing Daniel. There is a spiritual war and this poor guy does not know what's happening in the heavens. He's just praying. He's bending his knees down and praying. But there was this, this was a big spiritual war. God raised up Daniel as a leader of faith, right? And like Daniel, there were others whom God raised up during that time. There was Esther, and she saved the people of God from annihilation in the book of Esther, right? God raised up. There was the devil. He came to kill and destroy. He's coming to kill and destroy the people of God. God raised up Esther and Mordecai. God raises up leaders. Don't ever think that God is not raising up leaders during this time, all right? But he's calling the whole church to upgrade. What? Upgrade, not business as usual, <laughs> okay? Business as usual. India has changed. He wants to open our eyes. What? India has? Do you agree? Yes. We have to what? Upgrade. Don't run away, huh? So, upgrade. There was Zerubbabel, there was Joshua, there was Ezra, Joshua the high priest, in, during the return, of, the return of, uh, from Babylon. Nehemiah. All these people face great opposition. If you read the book of Nehemiah, you read the book of Ezra, there was opposition. I will not let you go. That's what the opposition is. In the early church, the Lord Jesus was attacked right from birth by Herod. And then by the devil himself. Then by the Jews. Severe, severe opposition. Paul is telling us that our struggle is not with man, but against the devil. Right? It's a spiritual activity. He says, don't look at man. Look up. There is spiritual activity on top. It's a spiritual war on top. And he says, that's your goal. You've got to fight against the spiritual forces of the, in the heavenly places. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers of darkness in the high places. And there was intense persecution of the people of God. The devil is a killer. He's vicious. There was intense persecution. People were fed to the lions. Hold on to your seat. So when the leaders heard God, they responded with faith, not fear. What? And not fear. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. For you got the point. So these leadership had faith and did not fear. But above all, they did not even compromise. They did not what? Compromise. Can you imagine? Just see, just see this verse. It's amazing. In the Exodus chapter 10, verse 24 to 26. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and said, Okay, 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 you want to go to worship? Okay, okay, go and worship the Lord. Even with your women and children may go with you. But leave, leave the flocks and herds behind. Can you imagine? You have been working for 400 years and you're sweating and this and that and that. And now at last this guy has allowed us to go. What about the sheep and the sh Why are you being so sticky, man, Moses? Let him have the sheep, man. Let him have it. Give it to him. Let us go from here. Come on, tell me. You agree? You would say that? If Pastor Victor came and says, oh, we must do this and then, hey, Pastor Victor, why? Let them have the sheep. Moses, what did Moses say? No, I heard from God. We have to worship him. We have to give him sacrifices. No chance. No chance. I'll take everything. Leaders of faith has heard God. They'd have no fear and will not compromise. What? Compromise. You're tempted to compromise. 
And you know who will make you compromise? Even your own people. They will tell you, what are you doing, man? And big people will tell you. Peter wanted circumcision after he saw the Gentiles. He says, no, 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 let's have circumcision. No, man, what is wrong, man? Thousands of years we had circumcision. Now, why are you talking? No circumcision? What did Paul say? No, we have no circumcision. Straight away. I'm so glad he put his foot down. Because if he didn't put his foot down, we would still be under the law. You understand? Not under grace. Okay? Paul could see it and says, no chance. He spoke to Peter on his face. No. Am I right? Praise God. Praise God for Paul. Now, I've told you about these things. Even during the return from captivity, Nehemiah was radical. You see, leaders must be radical because you're fighting against the spiritual. It's a spiritual war. You don't give an inch to the devil. What? Not an inch. I can give you one example. I've got many examples in my own life, but I'll give you one. I've not given that in the first service. Many years ago, I, this was in 1992, I think, I used to be looking coordination in the city of Mumbai. And uh, I was a coordinator for Morris Sarado. I don't know why they put the whole thing on me. I said, okay, done. We'll have this, what's that called, uh, outreach in Mumbai, and Morris Sarado was coming. You have heard of Morris Sarado? So he was a great preacher, still alive. So he was coming. So they wanted a ground for him to preach. You know what the people said? We will have a ground in the, where? Outside Bombay. So no opposition. Outside Bombay, outside Bombay. I said, what's the matter with you? Outside Bombay. No, man, we'll have it right in the center. So they kept on telling me, Ivan, don't be sticky, don't be sticky, don't be sticky. I said, no chance. You know, there was one. I, I like history, so I like reading war stories and all that. But there was one admiral, his name was Yamamoto. Have you heard of Yamamoto? Yamamoto, he was the architect of the Japanese war against the U.S. And he said, if you want to take a tiger's cub, you must go to the tiger's den, right? So I said, yeah, this is what we will do. We will have this ground in Shivaji Park, which is the center of all the Shiv Sena. And the Shiv Sena headquarters is at the mouth of Shivaji's Park. We'll have it there. Can you imagine? The people told me, you're mad. I said, no chance. You will have it there because our God will look after us. So then they told me, hey, Ivan, I'll tell you what. Let's have another ground as a standby. Because in case last moment this guy comes and says, Shiv Sena, that time Bal Thakre was there. In case he comes and says, no, you'll stop it. I said, I won't give the devil one inch, man. Why have a second ground? If I give him one inch, I got fear. And I'm not going to give him one inch. No chance. No second ground. We'll have it here. Then they said, let us have police protection. I said, no police protection. We will have angelic protection. And then on the day of the, in the evening, there was this outreach where millions I don't know how many people came. I wouldn't say millions. Maybe hundreds of thousands of people came. Maybe one lakh, maybe two lakhs, maybe three lakhs. I don't know. I really can't say. So many people filled that ground. And then came a group of protesters. They came protesting in the morning. They banged. They went to the police commissioner. And they said, you know, we will stop this. We will do this. We will do that. That poor child got frightened. Police commissioner, he called me. He said, why do Please stop it. Please stop it. Please stop it. You know, there's going to be public outrage, this, that. I said, no chance, sir. 
We are not, we are not breaking the law. Yeah, yeah, but there's going to be disorder. I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. An angel came. He was the director general of police in Thane district. And he was a Christian. He heard about it. He came. He came with a stick and a swagger. He said, let's see who's going to stop this crusade. Angel of God came. And he walked with a swagger. His name is Ning Lova. He is a Northeast guy. He came slightly shorter than me. Better swagger than me. Better swagger. And he came like this. Let's see who's going to stop it. Man, we had that thing. Don't give an inch to the evil one. Not an inch. Because if we give him an inch, he'll take the whole thing. No compromise. You understand? Leaders must never compromise. All right? When they hurt God, eh? you must hear God. Otherwise, if you don't hear God and then you become sticky, my gosh, that, that's not a good thing. And God is not with you anyway. Your teeth will be knocked out. Let's see the constants during the time of change. We know the characteristics of the time of change. The characteristics in the time of change, we have learned it. This is a time of great spiritual activity. That is, when leaders hear God and respond with faith without compromise. But I forgot the third point. When leaders were radical and did not compromise, they achieved great success. Because God wants to do a great work. And God wants to do a great work in India. All right? Great work in India. So be prepared for great work also. Be prepared for great spiritual activity also. All right? And every one of us, he wants to do it. God did a great work through Moses. God did a great work through all the time of the, you know, during the return of exile. And God did a great work in the New Testament church. Great work. And we are part of the great work today. Because they stood firm, we are blessed. You understand? Great work. All over the world, the gospel is expanding. Because those guys stood up and did not compromise. You understand? Praise God for them. And praise God for all that you are going, God is going to accomplish through all of you. Right. So, now we come to the next thing, the constants during the time of change. Well, the constants are very simple. Lord Jesus is on the throne. Devil is defeated. Understand during the time of change what? God is on the Devil is? That's it. Devil is what? Defeated. Don't get frightened of him. I told you. He doesn't have teeth. He's been pulled out. He can't bite you. He can, he can frighten you with his roar. He got no teeth. Understand? He is what? Defeated. He is defeated. So you, with, with confidence, you can pray. Confidence. Today, I saw Pastor Victor praying with confidence about one person whose relative is sick at home. I felt like jumping up and saying, phone up your relative, man. I'm sure that person is healed. With confidence, you can pray because the devil is defeated. You can pray with confidence that God is on the throne. And in Jesus' name means he's on the throne, man. He's on the throne. With confidence, you can pray in Jesus' name. With confidence, your prayers are heard. I'm telling you, when you pray for India, when you pray for, for the church in India, you can stand up and pray with confidence. I'm not joking, with confidence. So, Challenges during the time of change. Challenges of leadership. You know, during the time of change, there is spiritual activity and there is a lot of unexpected things happening. Okay? Unexpected things happening during the time of change. Why do unexpected things happen? Because people keep changing their responses all the time. Because, you know, when there is pressure... Some people change their responses. 
some friends become enemies. Some enemies become friends. Praise God. But you can expect Judases. You can expect people who will betray you. You can expect all these things happening. Things you never expected. But you can also expect Saul becoming Paul. You understand? You can also expect that. But these, what I'm saying is, you, you, in hindsight, we, we would say these things have happened. But in, when, you're in, when you're in the situation, you must understand that people's responses will change during the time of change. All right? They keep fluctuating. All right? Yeah. And they will follow their own impulses and often follow carnal leadership. So if you don't provide leadership in a time of change, the devil will come. He does, I always tell people, he never sucks a lollipop. He never has a Coca-Cola. He never has idli vada. He comes in to kill and destroy. Idli vada does not really make him feel great. He comes to kill and destroy. So if you don't provide leadership in a time of change, the devil will come. And in Judges 21, 25, in those days, there was no king in Israel. There was no leader of Israel. And everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And so therefore, you want leaders who will hear God and have vision and passion. So Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. So you want leaders to rise up. People who hear God and will respond with vision and passion. And then the next thing is that you want to hear God. I mean, if you don't hear God, you, you want to hear God, right? Hear God. And uh, in fact, God says, surely, in Amos 3.7, in Amos 3.7, surely the Lord God does nothing unless He reveals His secret to His servants, the prophets. He does nothing. So God says, listen, in a time of change, I am going to speak. I am going to speak. I don't consider myself to be a prophet. But I do hear God. I do hear God and this is part of it. But I also want to tell you that I hear other prophets speak in the world. I'm always reading. I'm always trying to figure out what is God saying to His people because God speaks to His people. And I can tell you one thing. Majority of the people who hear from God right around the world is saying one thing. Change is coming. Whether it's in America, whether it's in Britain, whether it's in Europe, I'm hearing the same voice. Change is coming. For me, change has already come. All right? There's one leader I want to examine closely, and this guy is Moses. Why, why does he, he grip my attention? It's because, just look at him. Moses had to lead three million people through 40 years, through a desert. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine Three million people, he's leading them for 40 years through a desert. My gosh, what a job he has got. What a job. And I'm full of admiration for him. So I thought I'll examine. I think he knows leadership in the time of change more than anybody else. So I said, I'm going to examine this guy. So here I got something to say to you. First is his vision. Second is character. Third is signs of spiritual leadership. So I'm going to examine three things, not too much. Moses' vision, he had vision and passion. Moses heard God and led his people out of Egypt, but with passion. With passion. You remember when he went up and Aaron made this golden calf and all the people were doing all sorts of things. When he came down, he didn't go to Aaron and say, 
bra bro what are you doing bro what are you doing bro he didn't say that he got wild man he got wild he took the stones the commandments and he banged them he broke them he took that golden cup pounded it into pieces into things that, oh man and his elder brother Aaron was his elder brother he said my lord i'm sorry lord he called Moses lord this guy had passion because he heard god he had vision and passion but does not mean to say he was an angry guy all the time he was considered to be the most humble guy his passion was only for god but in front of people he was a very humble guy don't cross the line with him though so let us look at his look at this his character his character was that he was intimate with god god said he is my friend he talks to me face to face face to face he was very intimate so i examine psalm 15 which talks about who can dwell who can dwell in the let me see i got the must get it right who may dwell in your sanctuary who may live on your holy hill i thought moses i said moses you went there man you stayed on that mount for 40 uh, 40 days so you you know something about that and who may do that and the answer is given he whose walk is blameless who does not who does what is right who speaks the truth from his heart he has no slander on his tongue who does his neighbor no wrong and casts no slur on his fellow men no gossiping who despises a vile man but honors those who fear the lord who keeps his oath even when it hurts who lends his money without usury and does not accept a bribe against the innocent he who does these things will never be shaken i thought this is a good character of moses but if i have to sum it up i will say he who has clean hands and a clean conscience paul says righteous hands and whose conscience is clean so lift up holy hands have a clean conscience that means your dealings your hands your dealings with others must be clean you understand and your conscience even though you might have slipped here and there say look if you have talked against somebody go back and tell that person look i'm sorry otherwise this is not clean if you have gossiped and all this is not clean see you want to upgrade leadership upgrade not business as usual right not business as usual we want to go up isn't it so but you want to remain the same god says come up come up come up come up come up come i want to see your face in book of songs come up come up come up i want to see your face because your face is lovely god has plans for each one of us he says come up but leave that leave that thing behind so he was intimate with god he was a man of integrity and he was a trustworthy man psalm 15 he was a man of faith not fear we know that thing he never compromised you know that thing but he was also a humble man we will talk about that he was a great intercessor he prayed for the people of israel and when the israelite army under joshua was fighting the amalekites he went on top and he raised his hands and when he his hands got weary and he went down the israel's israelites were losing and when his hands went up the israelites were winning he was an intercessor a great man of god he was a man of intercession then he made his team comfortable in god's presence you may not have a big team but you have a family all of us some way have something who are close by and a leader must make his team comfortable in the presence of god in exodus chapter 24 verses 9 to 11 moses and aaron nadab and abihu and the 70 elders of israel went up and saw the god of israel 
Under his feet was something like a pavement made of lapis lazuli, a bright blue as the sky. But God did not raise his hands against the leaders of Israelites. They saw God and they ate and drank. They were comfortable in the presence of God. You must make your team comfortable in God's presence. Help them to be comfortable in the presence of God. Because only in the presence of God, there is transformation and there is strength. You get the strength of God and you get transformation, right? Okay, so now we come to the last part. Moses' sign, I'm in time. Moses' sign of spiritual leadership. Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 to 9, right? So you will see three things. Is verses 1 to 5, you will go through it. The authority of the devil, uh, over the devil. 6 to 7 is humility. 8 to 9 is service. So authority, humility, service. Let's take the first one. Moses' authority over Satan. Verses 1 to 5. Moses answered, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, What is in your hand? He said, A staff. The Lord said, Throw it down. Moses threw the staff down and it became a snake. And he ran from it. And then the Lord says, Come on, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and it turned back into the staff in his hand. And this says the Lord is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has appeared to you. If you are a spiritual leader, one thing is a defining thing is that you must have authority over the devil. That staff was a staff, but it became a snake, which is a symbol of the devil. But he had authority over the devil, became a staff again. A spiritual leader must have authority over the devil. You understand? And so today, we had a good demonstration when Pastor Victor, he's, that's authority over the devil. And so, we must grow in that authority. It's a confidence. It's a confidence that Jesus owns on the throne and the devil is defeated. That's the confidence inside your heart. But what if he bites me? But what happens if there's a backlash? It's your confidence that the devil is a defeated foe. Don't take nonsense from him. So even at home, bind the powers of darkness over your house. The confidence out in Jesus' name. Confidence. Today was a good demonstration by Pastor Victor. I like that. All right, good. Second, Moses' humility before the people. Verses 6 and 7. Then the Lord said, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside the cloak, and when he took it out, the skin was leprous. It had become as white as snow. He says, now put it back into your cloak, he said. So Moses put his hand inside the cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored. You know, all our hearts are sinful, but we are only washed by the blood of Jesus. He said, look inside. Your heart is sinful, leprous. Put it back. That's because my grace. Paul said the same thing. He was teaching Timothy. He says, Timothy, I'm going to teach you something. 1 Timothy 1.15. Come here, Timothy. I want to teach you something. You are my successor, Timothy. I'm going. I'm leaving everything to you. I want to teach you something very important. Timothy 1.15. Ah, Timothy, here is this. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Okay, okay. Timothy said, okay. Paul, tell me, tell me, sir. Tell me what it is. Ah, he says, this is what it is. He says, Jesus Christ. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. Paul is saying that. What is he saying? Paul is saying that. I am the worst. And that's a trustworthy saying, Timothy. Therefore, Paul always was a humble man. Moses was a humble man. 
God showed him his heart. Moses, oh my gosh, ooh, ooh, ooh. Two things we can learn. Always take precautions against the evil one. Don't ever think you're too strong except by the grace of God. So take precautions against sin. Pray. Otherwise, like this you can go. Like this. Better people than you and I fell like this. David was one of them. King David, I mean. He fell like that. Take it easy. God can take precautions against sin and always remain humble and always say, but for the grace of God, I'm the worst of sinners. But for the grace of God. Never elevate yourself. Pastor Stanley, last Sunday, he gave such a beautiful sermon. He said, never elevate yourself. Wonderful sermon. Third thing is, Moses' service in the kingdom of God. Verses 8 and 9. He poured out his life like a drink offering. Then the Lord said, if they don't believe you or pay attention to the first sign, first sign is authority of the devil, they might believe the second. Second sign is you're a humble man. You're a humble guy. But if they do not believe these two signs, then take some water from the Nile and pour it out. This water will turn out to be blood. What it means is this. Pour out your life like a drink offering. Pour out your life in the service of God. That's a sign of spiritual leadership. Leaders are not to be in the office sitting down, you know, dictating this, dictating that. Pour out your life. Come on. That's the sign of spiritual leadership. In fact, that's the greatest sign. If they don't believe the first, they will believe the second. If they don't believe these two, then this is surely they will believe. You know what Paul said? He said the same thing. Philippians chapter 2, verse 17. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. But I am poured out for your sake. I am poured out for your sake. He says the same thing, actually, in another verse in 2 Timothy 4.6. He says the same thing, 2 Timothy 4.6. He says, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. What a way to die. My life is poured out for the kingdom of God. My life is poured out. That's the third sign. Get close. Thank you for listening to this message. To know more about us, please visit www.adonai-ministries.com.